The mayor and police superintendent said today that they're going to take uh, more than uh, it's going to take more than 1,200 extra police officers on duty this holiday weekend to reduce gun violence, which, of course, as you know, has uh, recently most tragically taken several children's lives. In fact, the city is planning to work with the Institute for Nonviolence Chicago to put more than 150 people on the streets in the Austin West Garfield Park and Back of the Yards neighborhoods as part of violence prevention. And joining us right now from the Institute is Chris Patterson. He's the Senior Director of Programs and Policy. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hello. Good evening. I'm okay. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. It sounds like it's going to be a very busy weekend for you. Yeah, we, well, hopefully not, um, but we do anticipate it. You know, anytime that there's a holiday or a large celebrations, uh, obviously it brings more people out. You know, sometimes there's drinking, uh, et cetera. And so, like, we're, we're hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst, potentially. And for people not familiar with the uh, Nonviolence uh, Institute, tell us a little bit about when you guys got started and your mission. Yeah. Yeah, so our executive director, Tenny Gross, came to Chicago in 2016, and we started. And the idea was we wanted to create an outreach, street outreach-focused organization that had multiple layers to it. And so our organization started a little different than what we traditionally saw in outreach programs, where we had case management, outreach, victim advocate, community organizers. And so you get the sense that our idea was we wanted to put as many hands on a participant as possible, as opposed to just one outreach worker. Our focus is to work with those who are at risk of either shooting someone or being shot. Um, And again, we work in Austin, West Garfield Park, and back of the yards. So the more than 150 people that are going to be in those neighborhoods from your institute, um, tell me a little bit about their background. What, What kind of skills, I mean, how do they prepare for this? Yeah, so thanks for asking. So about Uh, Our organization is about 80 staff, and 95% of those staff are people with lived experiences. Mm -hmm. That means people who have been uh, formerly involved in gangs, uh, formerly incarcerated, right? So which enables us to then understand or or get an idea of the place that our participants are coming from. So of those staff, uh, 60 about 60 of them are on-the-ground frontline staff, meaning they're outreach workers, case managers, and victim advocates. We also have a fabulous program called FLIP, Flatlining Violence, Increasing Peace, where we identify people who are on the blocks, the hotspot blocks that we've coordinated and you know, kind of identified using data, and we uh, encourage them by giving them nonviolence training, conflict mediation training, and then we pay them a stipend to be peace ambassadors on their block. And in our neighborhood, we have 105 of those persons, right? And so if you, you know, quick math gives roughly around 150 people that we're going to have on the community, out in the community this weekend and every weekend, um, especially Memorial Day, Labor Day, and July 4th weekend. It sounds like in order to find exactly where um, those folks are needed, is you've got to do a lot of research, right, to find out exactly what uh, intersections, what corners, what parts yeah. of the neighborhood? So I, I think that's part of it. Um, but I would say, like, really hats off to the case managers, victim advocates, and outreach mm-hmm. workers who have those relationships from long 
you know, that go long way back. And so what we're doing is we're leveraging relationships, right? And so oftentimes we don't, we don't have to look at, you know, the University of Chicago, who we partner with oftentimes to find out where a spot is hot. Uh-huh. We're working the neighborhoods every day. We know where the shootings are happening. We know the people who are involved in those cycles of violence, and we're working with them to, uh, to address, you know, violence. So tell me, how long is a shift? Like, when will it start? And is it manned sort of, um, are there kind of particular Mm -hmm. hours that you guys are focusing on? Yeah, so we want to be outside when the majority of shootings are happening. And we often find that, so, you know, Chicago is interesting because shootings tend to happen all times of the day. But there's a higher frequency um, in the 2 to 10, 2 p.m., the 2 10 p.m., range and then 50 percent of the shootings happen after midnight so we want to make sure that we have staff that are working past the midnight hours uh sometimes as as late until three o'clock in the morning we often we also do an on-call shift right so we have a couple shifts that work the schedule that i just talked about but we have a team of staff who are constantly on call seven days a week around the clock uh you know we have to really push self-care on the folks who are working in uh, the Institute because they're doing a lot of good hard work. I was going to say, uh, when you're speaking of the work, it's necessary work, it's meaningful, but I also imagine that it's dangerous too. I think there are elements of danger in it. I, anytime that, so our idea of, um, you know, the, the ideal workspace for us is being right in the, the thick of it where unfortunately violence is happening. Our victim advocates and our outreach workers respond to shootings. Mm-hmm. So that means they go directly to the shooting scene or they go to the hospital to engage the family members and or friends of the person who was shot and or potentially killed. So we're, we're, we are, you know, in, in the hottest of spots. And in order for us to do violence prevention work, we feel that's the right place to be. And Chris, in terms of uh, your own personal story, how did you come about to be affiliated with this institute, and why is this such a passion for you? Yeah, so when when Tenny Gross came into the city of Chicago, mutual friends connected us. I had a um, some of my background was in community organizing, right, addressing the root cause of why issues were happening, particularly violence, which is close to me. You know, I lost a brother um, to gun mm-hmm. gang violence. That's I so myself. Sorry. Have, have been um, a victim of gun violence. But not only that, um, my life mirrored what a lot of young people's lives mirrored. You know, I grew up in foster homes. There was broken families. My parents were addicted to substances. You know, dropped out of school. There was a, there was a point in my life where I just didn't see the, you know, my worth, my self-worth. And it took years. And unfortunately, there was a 12-year uh, federal prison sentence, right, uh, for me to be, you know, that I had to go through because of my crime. And uh, it was in that moment that, you know, none of us are a success story all, you know, by ourselves. And there was other men while I, who I was incarcerated with who were really mentors to me, uh, really poured in me on, you know, the spiritual and the mental component, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was incarcerated for 12 years. And so when I was released in 2010, I knew I would never go back to prison. And um, that was because I understood who I was. I felt like I had a purpose. And that's what we're trying to relate and, and work with young people now. Help them identify their purpose, because they have it. Help them identify their dreams and their goals, because they're trying to get there. Um, but it's often a hard place to do that mm-hmm. when you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. Of course, you are a source of inspiration. I can only imagine. Um, 
you mentioned that the advocates sort of uh, immediately respond, some of them do, to an incident if where there's gun violence. But it sounds like these are long-term relationships that happen within the community yeah. and the advocates that work at the Institute. Um, yeah. what's, what are some of the follow-up um, issues that come up that maybe, you know, we don't hear about because it's no longer in the news cycle? Yeah, so... And, and I and I appreciate you you mentioning the first part because relationship is key. Uh, what we don't want to do is start a relationship at the moment of trauma, when people or families are going through the worst moment of their life. Mm-hmm. And what we've been doing is just establishing relationships on the front end, helping out people where we can, even through our case management, identifying you know the goals and the jobs, potentially getting them back in school. And so, to your to the other part of your your question, I think it's really just thinking about like from the victim advocate component like uh being able to provide you know not only the the physical support that a person may need like going through funerals etc but also the mental health pieces that you know people often don't think about or look at when they're um you know going through the struggles that they're going through of course there's been so much discussion um at the forefront of, of American minds in terms of um, the root causes of um, these issues and often sure. hearing about shootings and guns on the street and what happens. And um, those are really symptoms, right? And you want to stress that. Um, how do you convince yeah. people that it's worth doing this type of work, which will take longer in the short term, but have more lasting effects down the road? Yeah, absolutely. What we do is we invite people to come and spend time at the Institute for Nonviolence. What you're going to see is you're going to see a wealth of resources all in and of itself. So, again, 95-plus percent of our staff are people who have those lived experiences. 20 years ago, you might have written off 50% of our staff Mm -hmm. as troublemakers. But here they are, right? They're the new inspiration, right? And so if I draw any inspiration, it really is just that 30% of people who don't recidivate. Right. We often don't think about them. We often focus on like that 70 percent of people who are going back in and out of prison. But there's a 30 percent who are out here changing people's lives, supporting people and helping them the best they can. And so, you know, for my my invitation, my challenge is like, come see, you know, the Institute for Nonviolence Chicago. Learn a little bit about what we do. And you'll see that people have redemption, redemptive qualities. And we're pulling that out. And so, you know, the thing for us is, like, we live vicariously through me. I don't want anyone to have to go to prison in order to change their life. You know, when I was growing up, there wasn't an outreach program. There was no Institute for Now in Chicago. And so we want to make, you know, we want to take the seize this opportunity and take it, um, you know, all the way to the end to make sure that people, you know, we're not dying. We're not filling prison cells. Um, you know, and we, and we get to the purpose and then, you know, the place in life we choose to be. What's your hope for... Um you know, in the short term for this weekend? So my hope is, so there was a couple of things. And one of the, you know, one of the pieces I want to flag with the success of the organization and the kind of work that we're doing is that on Memorial Day weekend, while the city was on fire, you know, we really deployed all our staff very much like how we're going to do uh, this weekend. And we had, you know, Austin, which we serve in West Garfield Park, are leading the city in shootings and homicides. And we had very little incidences compared to the entire city on Memorial Day. So we're trying to replicate that, right? We're trying to really just pour in, leverage relationships, you know, love on some people, 
pour out our passion and our you know our thoughts to people and just really get them to think and take a break uh, from violence. The city needs it. Communities like Austin, West Garfield, and back of the yard, they need a break. Um, and so that's our message this weekend. Like, let's just take it easy. Uh, let's enjoy the moment that we have with family um, and be safe. And it has to be uh, particularly heartbreaking as it is, you know, for everyone to hear um, when you hear about children uh, being, uh, you know, the victims, innocent bystanders yeah. usually. Yeah. You know, if, if when we think back to the early 90s, there was an incident that happened in Cabrini Green, and it was a young man, uh, not even a young man, am I kidding? He was uh, six years old, I believe, Dontrell Davis. He was killed, and, and it shook the city, and it shook the people who were street involved to the point where it created a large ceasefire all over the city of Chicago, a peace treaty. Um, you know, then, and, and I'm not going to say that things were better then than they are now, because shootings were actually up during in the 90s as well. But we got to get to a place where that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And as, that's the point I'm making, right? Where Dontrell Davis's face was on the Sun-Times front page, Tribune front page, and everywhere else. And that it wasn't a thing that was accepted. Uh, and I don't want to be, and I don't want to get to a place in history where we accept it as just business as usual and it's a norm when our babies are dying in the street. So we got to get, we're, we're getting to that place. And, I, and, and the reality is, communities are outraged when this happens mm-hmm. right and so you know you know there's there's protests there's you know people are doing candle visuals and they're supporting families and, and coming out so that, that you know the community's not silent about it uh but people who are involved in incidences that lead to children dying like we just need you to relook at yourself well thank you chris so much for uh taking the time and of course uh, you're ensuring you're ensuring that it doesn't become the norm because you're out there doing the work. We so appreciate you and everybody at the uh, Institute for Nonviolent Chicago.